0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to the men of old, You shall not kill, whoever kills shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother shall be liable to the council, and whoever says, You fool, shall be liable to the hell of fire. So if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Make friends quickly with your accuser while you're on your way with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out till you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it is said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and throw it away. It is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. It was also said, Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on grounds of unchastity, makes her an adulteress. Whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to the men of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, Do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to to you, Lord Christ. Christ. Heavenly Father, I pray now that that your living word would go forth, that it would shape and fashion our hearts, and that it would bear fruit in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Kind of have to smile a little bit, as I read just a moment ago from uh, Matthew and and Jesus' teaching, you know, sometimes there's this incorrect distinction made, you know, I Jesus in the New Testament is a really nice guy, but, but God of the Old Testament is kind of a crank. And uh, you read this here and you think, gosh, we could use a little Old Testament um, tonight as, as Jesus uh, certainly uh, lets no one, uh, not one of us, off the hook in that which he shares with us in this, which is recorded in Matthew's Gospel. And we also hear from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. And as we reflect on these two lessons tonight... Uh, let me begin by saying what we see in these is, for you and for me, is ultimately an invitation to freedom. Uh, what we see in both of these lessons is an invitation to freedom, but in order um, for that freedom um, to happen, there has to be a dramatic shift, a dramatic change um, in our focus. I can remember years ago when I was at uh, Holy Cross on Solomon's Island, we were getting ready, we were... Uh, I loved our ministry there. We were preparing to move to another church, and there was kind of a little farewell party for us, and those are always um, sort of awkward as you're, uh, as you're standing there, and words just can't um, adequately describe what you're feeling, what you'd like to express to people that you've loved and been involved with in ministry for years. And I, was, I was standing there, and I was kind of tongue-tied. I was holding Maisie in one arm, and she was at that time, maybe she was about three or so, and she said, talk about me. Um, and so that was great. So I said, well, let me tell you a little bit about Maisie. Uh, now that you've all gathered here, I, I still laugh. I still remember that. But um, a wonderful maze. Uh, that, that's the human condition. Well, let, let's, um, that's enough of me talking about me. Now let me hear what you think of me. Um, the challenge of the human condition where we're, um, where we're focused on self. And Paul writes to the Corinthians, one of the things that Paul addresses in that particular Christian community... And it wasn't unique to the church in Corinth. It's the church uh, in, in any city, in any time, in any place. It's the challenge of the human condition. It's the challenge of the human heart. One of the things that Paul addresses that is, is existing there is the strife and jealousy uh, which is going on, the, the, the striving, the scorekeeping, the attempting to place uh, oneself upon, an, upon an, over and above another, just that whole challenge uh, of the human condition. And Paul... Um, gives an invitation to be able to step away from the strife and the jealousy that's so clearly uh, consuming that people and so clearly ultimately um, binding them uh, and destroying them. Years ago, it was actually mid-7th century, um, which of course uh, I'm sure that will immediately just sort of clarify things as I begin to talk about this a little bit. There's a guy by the name of Chad of Litchfield and There's uh, what's called the Lesser Feast and Fast. It's becoming clear by the moment, isn't it? Um, uh, So there's this. And the Lesser Feast and Fast in the church here, um, on different days, we remember different people who were servants of God in their their time and in their place and in their um, particular way. And on March 2nd, we remember um, Chad of Litchfield. And I remember when I first stumbled across his story, I was absolutely captivated. Um, by his story. What, what a tremendous light he was in his life and ministry, but also one of the things that just really grabbed me. I thought, you yeah, know, he must have been just a phenomenally um, free person. Well, here's the story of, of Chad. Chad um, was uh, sort of a monastic, uh, a servant of God, and there was a bishop there uh, in the Bishop See of York, and he went over Um, To Gaul, Bishop Wilfred went over to Gaul for an ordination. And I guess he was having such a great time in France um, that it was quite some time, and he still hadn't returned. And the guy that was actually the king in that particular area got anxious. He said, "You know, we need uh, we need a bishop, so we're going to uh, ordain Chad as our bishop." And Chad said, "You know what? Um, I'm really..." I'm not the man, uh, there's, there's, better, there's better men for the office, um, but you know what, if, if you're insistent, then, then I'll be obedient, and I'll go ahead and I'll take this um, position, which, which he did. Interestingly, when Wilford finally did get back, he said, great, you've got it, and he went and became a monastic. He said, it's all yours, um, you can have it. But then uh, there was a new Archbishop of Canterbury, um, Theodore of Tarsus. Uh, And as Theodore of Tarsus became the Archbishop of Canterbury, he decided, you know, what, it was time to clean things up in England and Ireland. Um, And it's always time to clean things up in England and Ireland. So he went about um, sort of reformation and working with these different Christian communities. And he came to Chad and he told him, you know what, you were ordained um, irregularly. Um, You're going to have to step down from your post. Well, let me ask you this. Um, Think about yourself. And And I can imagine myself, if someone came and said, you know what, Craig, Um, uh, you've been ordained regularly. you need to go ahead and step down. How would you receive that? Um, You know, I guess my initial, you're not the boss of me. Um, I think I would probably be a little resistant um, to that uh, initially. Well, fascinatingly, what what Chad Day said, you know what he said? He said, I never considered myself worthy um, of the office uh, in the first place, but out of obedience, I took it for a period of time um, here. Uh, you can have it back well, um, one of the fabulous things is Theodore was a wise man, and he said, "You know what we could use some guys like you um, and he was He was reinstated um, to his office and and the reason I share all of that with you um, Chad wasn't by any way or means a, a, a doormat um, chad wasn 't a person lacking uh, in self esteem uh, he didn 't have self esteem issues what what Chad had was a wonderful freedom that's made available to you and to me in Jesus Christ. He found his joy. He found his contentment. He found a sense of worth, uh, not in the positions he held, not in the opinions um, of others, uh, but in his relationship with God uh, and in God's service. He, he found, and that's the same thing um, that's available to you and to me, a tremendous freedom, uh, a tremendous sense of peace, a tremendous sense of of worth, And those are things that we all long for. Uh, those are things which the human condition hungers for, to be known, to be loved, to be um, accepted, to be um, valued, to have a sense of purpose, to have a sense uh, of meaning. And one of the challenges, is the challenge of the human condition, is that we look for those things in the opinions of and in the approval of other people. Um, we look to those things and our particular successes or our particular accomplishments or our particular um, possessions or titles or whatever it might be, all the various things that we strive um, and chase after. When Paul talks about living by the flesh and living by the spirit, what he's, what he's not saying is kind of the whole Greek conception that the world is just, we just need to completely check out uh, from the world. Because we see that God came into the world in Jesus and took on human flesh and form. God's the one who uh, made creation from the beginning, gave us um, our body, so it's not a call just to sort of check out, um, sort of Zen like. Um, Paul, believe it or not, was not a Zen master. Um, so what Paul was talking about, when he talked about living by the Spirit, he wasn't talking about just sort of checking out of the world altogether. But basically, what he was talking about is what what drives us, uh, what what fuels us, what drives us, and ultimately, where do we look and where do we find uh, our sense of contentment, our sense of worth, our sense. Of meaning, And not just where, but ultimately from whom. Um, is it from ourselves and what we can do? Or does it come from God and what he has done? And as Jesus teaches in Matthew's gospel, we see that he makes um, absolutely clear uh, that he's well aware um, of our human hearts. Uh, and quite frankly, the ways that we're prone to idolatry and the ways that we chase after all these different things, Uh, because of our longings, because of our hungers, because of our insecurities, thinking that if we just could get a little bit of this, then we would finally, ultimately um, be okay. If we could just get the recognition of this person, if we could just get the approval uh, of this person, if I could just get this particular title, if these particular people would just see me um, in uh, in a great light, then I would ultimately, finally be at peace. But the reality of that is, uh, and you all know this, Uh, what happens when you get there? You need just a little bit more. You can get there and you get it and you know what? You thought it was going to be enough uh, and it's not quite enough. But we have one, of course, um, who is enough. And so the invitation goes out um, to you and to me in the words which Paul shared with the church in cards, in the words um, that Jesus spoke um, to the people who gathered around him as he taught. We have a God... Um, who has sought us uh, from the very beginning and who ultimately finally seeks us uh, in Jesus Christ and who comes forth into the world, takes on human flesh and form, goes to the cross on our behalf, dies the death um, that we could have, should have died, and extends to us instead uh, His love, His mercy, uh, His uh, forgiveness, His acceptance. He makes us His sons and daughters. He gives us That joy, that freedom, that contentment, that fulfillment—that we all so deeply, desperately long Uh, for—it's found in the person of Jesus Christ and in relationship with Him. Uh, And so we hear um, this day. I pray God's well aware of the temptations and the challenges um, of our hearts, and inevitably, uh, from (laughs) I was going to say, from time to time, we'll fall. Um, Daily, um, we'll fall. It's just a matter of how hard. um, I guess I should say, again and again. Will fall, uh, and yet the opportunity is given to you and to me um, to repent and return to the Lord, uh, who loves us, who seeks us, who's our sure and certain place, who's able to give us a peace and a freedom greater than anything that the world can give, that we might live in the world joyfully, not anxiously, um, thankfully, when things are going well, when things are not going well, um, when we're in plenty when we're in want, whatever it might be, that we might be able to live with that certainty and that fulfillment. And as we hear that, let us pray. Heavenly Father, you know our hearts, our minds, our spirits, our wills, and pray that by the work and the movement and the power of your Holy Spirit, you would shape and fashion us to draw us to yourself, that in you we might find our security, uh, our worth, our meaning, uh, that in you we might find the freedom uh, found in you alone, uh, the deliverance of sins, Uh, the new and fullness of life found in you. And these things we ask, these things we pray you lead in God and continually draw us to in your name. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.